Hello, this is Jake the Snake Plumber, former NFL legend. Hey everybody, this is voice actor Bob Bergen. Hello, this is Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Hey guys, this is Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger. Hello everybody, this is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. Hello to all my friends at the Derek Diamond Experience. To me, Mario. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're able to be listening to the... the, 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 the. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Three hundred ninety-seven. That is the number of days since the last episode of this podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the return of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And I got to be honest with you, I was not expecting to end 2022 with bringing this show back. And I've had a few people ask me, why are you bringing the show back? And why now? What happened with feature presentation? What What's going on with you as far as podcasting goes? So I'll answer those questions and then we'll kind of get into what you can expect from the show going forward and the meat and potatoes of this week's topic. The short version of why the show is back is I missed it. I missed the interviews. I missed the roundtable discussions. I missed the top five list. As far as the long version goes, let me take you back to November 24th, 2021. That was the date that I released what was supposed to be the final episode of this show. And for all intents and purposes, it was because I felt like I had done everything that I could with the show. It didn't really feel like... I don't want to say much of a challenge, but I wasn't having the same motivation as before. I was looking to do something different because the world of podcasting has changed so much since this show started back in 2014. And that's part of the reason why this show happened in the first place, because I wanted the challenge of overcoming my social anxieties, which I was able to do for the most part. Still have some issues with that, but much better than, you know, eight years ago. I was just ready to move on and do something different. And that's what inspired the genesis of the original version of feature presentation. I wanted to do a full-on entertainment news type show with stories, interviews, audience interactive segments. But I quickly realized that it was going to be way too much work to do because when I wasn't recording content for the show, I was planning the show. It was literally taking up every bit of my free time and to the point that it was affecting my new job that I had started at the time. So I knew that that wasn't feasible. So I put the show on hold. A lot of personal changes happened in that time. I got married and I wanted to dedicate as much time as possible to that. So I decided to put the show on hold, brought it back in May as strictly an interview based show. And I wanted to put an educational spin on it and to use it in a way to learn more about filmmaking by talking with other filmmakers. And it was really fun to do, but I almost didn't feel qualified to do a show like that because of my inexperience. I felt like I couldn't fully engage and do the type of interview that that type of show should have. So I decided to end the show. And that was going to be it as far as doing my own solo show. I was just going to stick with Nerd Cave Retro. 
But then I got to give credit to Chad Sanders, who you'll actually hear on next week's show. We were talking about different ways to promote our upcoming short film, The Feature. And he had mentioned doing some podcast interviews with the cast and crew. Initially, I was like, I'm not really feeling that because I was to the point that just the thought of doing a podcast gave me anxiety. And to be quite honest, it was to the point that I hated the process. And I was just so burnt out on it that I didn't want to do it anymore. So I was like, I don't really want to do that. But then I started thinking more about it. And out of curiosity, I put a poll out on social media asking people, which of the two shows did you prefer, the Derek Diamond Experience or Feature Presentation? The result overwhelmingly was in favor of the Derek Diamond Experience. The biggest reason that I heard from people was the variety that it offered. So that additionally got the gears turning a little bit, put some more polls out to figure out exactly what people would want to hear if hypothetically I brought the show back. Fast forward to now, and the show is back. And honestly, I'm happy with it. You know, I, as I said, I've missed doing this show. It's almost part of my identity. I've missed the fun roundtable discussions with friends. I've missed interacting with people through the various top five list. I've missed the interview segments and, you know, occasionally getting to interview someone who was in a show or a movie I grew up with. I missed all of that. So the show is back. But there are going to be a couple of tweaks from what, you know, you longtime listeners might remember. First of all, the show is going to be seasonal, meaning it's not going to run weekly, 52 weeks out of the year. I just don't have the time to commit to that. I have other interests that I want to pursue as far as doing, you know, possibly another short, possibly a feature film. As I mentioned, I'm married now and I enjoy spending time with my wife and our dog, whether it be, you know, going out or just hanging out at home. You know, I, I need to have the time to do that. So the show's going to run from now, December 26th, if you're listening to this the day it drops, until early May. Take the summer off, resume the show in September, run through the week of Thanksgiving, then take the holidays off, then come back in January with a new season. So you'll get two seasons a year, but the biggest break will be that that summer you know, between May and, and the end of August, which will be fun, you know, and I think, you know, it, it gives me the time to still do this show, but also pursue other ventures and I won't get burnt out on the process. New shows will drop on Mondays. For the most part, they'll be audio only again, because editing video takes a lot of time there will be some exceptions. So over the next few weeks, you'll be hearing a behind-the-scenes look at my short film, The Feature. It'll be a three-part series. Uh, The first part will be with myself, Chad Sanders, who produced the film, as well as Steve Wise, who longtime listeners will remember he's been on the show numerous times. He was my first assistant director. They'll be on the show next week, and then the next two will have interviews with the cast to talk about their process of making the film. And my friend Jeremy Branch, who's also a podcaster, has his own YouTube channel. He'll be hosting those shows so that I can sit in as a guest and really kind of go with the cast and crew about the experience of making the film. Those will be video based. But other than that, the show is going to be audio only 
just because of the time constraints and the time that it takes to put the video versions of the podcast together. And also one last thing, as far as the interviews go, for the most part, they'll still consist of people who work in film and TV just because that's more my wheelhouse and most of the connections I have are in that field. But when the occasion calls for it, you'll hear an interview from maybe a musician, an author, kind of like the old days, the the 2014 to 2018 version of the show. So this will be a nice hybrid of what you've heard from the show throughout the years. But let's dive into the topic for this week's show, Top 5 Movies of 2022. And this has been an interesting year for movies because there's been some really big blockbusters and there's also been some disappointments. You know, and I know that happens every year, but I think there's more of an emphasis on the blockbuster aspect because the movie industry has taken a hit since the pandemic. And I know we're seeing an occasional film do big numbers, but I feel like they're still not as strong as the the pre-COVID era. But we've had some good films as well. So for those of you who have never participated in the top five list, this is how it works. I put out a post on social media asking you to submit your list. You leave them in the comments, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and I read them on the show. I go through my top five, explain why it is what it is, and then I read everyone else's list. And I love doing the top five list because they're all similar and different. And I love the ones that are different because there might be movies that I've never seen. They might be movies that I didn't particularly care for. But it's a conversation starter, you know, and it makes you think of movies in a different way, potentially, or at least it does with me. So what I'm going to do is go through my honorable mentions and then go five through one and then read everyone else's list. And we actually got quite a few people submit their list. I was really taken aback by that. And I, I do appreciate the the participation by everyone and the excitement that seems to be building around the return of the show. So I very much appreciate that. So going through my honorable mentions, and this is going to be shocking because there's not a Marvel film in my top five, which I think might be the first time that's happened since I've started this show. Because I used to do my own top five list even before I made that a part of the podcast. So my honorable mentions, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which I thought was a very good film. It was tough dealing with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, but I think Ryan Coogler and his team were able to still tell a very good and compelling story. If this were a top 10 list, it would have been my number six. Still very good film. I feel like the quality of Marvel has dipped a little bit just because of the sheer amount of content that they're putting out between three movies a year with the Disney Plus shows, with the hour-long you know, special presentations that they've been doing. I hope to see more of those and less of the Disney Plus shows. Uh, I'm hoping that Marvel switches to a quality over quantity uh, model for Phase 5. But still, I very much enjoyed Wakanda Forever. Uh, it just missed the cut. As I said, this would have been my number six. My other honorable mentions, uh, The Batman, which might surprise people because it's made an appearance on a lot of people's list. I liked The Batman. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was a fun film. I thought it had some really cool moments. I love the look of Gotham. I like the universe that they built. But as someone who's not a diehard Batman fan, 
how many more times can you reinvent the story? And it had cool moments. I liked Robert Pattinson as Batman. I liked the dark take on the Riddler. I liked the Batmobile. I thought it was really cool. But I just thought it was a good movie, not a great movie. Not knocking it. I don't hate the movie. I just didn't enjoy it like most people did. Another honorable mention is Scream, a.k.a. Scream 5. I didn't get into the Scream franchise until a couple of years ago when uh, former guests Jason Robbins and Joey Image introduced me to it. And I really like the original films. You know, I, I think it put a nice spin on the horror genre and the horror universe. So I was excited that Scream came back. And I, something that I've always liked about the franchise is the amount of meta-ness that is in it, where it's almost not making fun of itself, but being aware that there's that formula in the horror world. And this even goes into, you know, the the latest term of legacy sequels, bringing back the original characters while introducing some new ones. I thought it was really well done. I'm very interested to see what they do with Scream 6. I'm a little concerned because Nev Campbell is not coming back, but we'll see what happens. But despite that, I really enjoyed uh, Scream 5. But my final honorable mention is Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which you can watch on Disney+. Plus. I was not a, I won't say a huge fan. I didn't dislike Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but it was never really a go-to cartoon growing up. But despite that, I was interested in the movie because of the trailer, and it kind of reminding me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit with bringing in you know, characters from different Disney properties and even outside properties as well. There's a, a funny reoccurring gag with Ugly Sonic, who you might remember as the uh, original design for the first live-action Sonic movie where he just looked like something straight out of a horror film. That was hilarious. Um, I love the dynamic with the characters. It was very much a modern-day Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So th this would have been in like probably the 7 to 8 range I really like Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but it just missed the cut. But speaking of Sonic, you knew this had to make my list. My number five is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I remember going into theaters for the first one right before COVID hit, and I was genuinely nervous for this movie because video game adaptations, for the most part, have been god-awful, dating all the way back to the Super Mario Brothers live-action movie from the early 90s. I grew up loving the Sonic games. I really wanted the movie to be at least decent. But I was surprised in that it was actually really good. You know, I thought they nailed down the Sonic character very accurately. I liked the original story they told. Jim Carrey was phenomenal as Robotnik. So it got me even more excited for the sequel, especially when details of the movie started coming out where they were going to make it more like the video games, bringing in Tails, bringing in Knuckles giving Robotnik his more accurate look with the big mustache and the bald head. And I got to say, as great as James Marsden uh, did as Tom, as great as Ben Schwartz is as Sonic, I thought Idris Elba as Knuckles was fantastic. Uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, cool bringing her in because she is the voice of Tales in the video games. They brought her in uh, to voice Tales in the movie. The backbone of this was Jim Carrey's Robotnik. As someone who grew up with the the classic Jim Carrey movies like The Mask and Ace Ventura and Liar Liar, it's great to see him get back to that 
level of comedy. And I wouldn't want anyone else to play Robotnik. And people are concerned that he's not going to come back for the third movie because he mentioned he was retiring from acting. I think he will. I think he'll come back for the third film. I think it will be his last one. So it'll be interesting if they continue to do future films and they don't incorporate the Robotnik character because he is Sonic's arch rival. But anyway, I loved Sonic 2. It told a story that was more accurate to the video games. I loved it. Excited for them to bring in Shadow for the third movie. They'll probably bring in other characters as well, like Amy Rose, maybe Rouge the Bat. We'll see what happens. But I absolutely loved Sonic the Hedgehog 2. My number four is Prey. I grew up really liking the original Predator, and I didn't appreciate Predator 2 until I got older. So when they announced that they were doing a prequel, I was intrigued, but not overly so. Like, my expectations weren't that high. But I was quite surprised when I watched the movie, and it had the same feel of the original one, where it was this, you know, kind of intimate story where the Predator's picking off people one by one, and eventually you have the final showdown with the main character and the Predator. It was really, really well done. I love the environment. I like the way it was shot. Just a really, really good movie. And one of the best, one of the most underrated of the year, in my opinion. My number three is Top Gun Maverick. I was excited for this movie the moment they announced it and they released that first trailer. I love the original Top Gun. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I always wondered if they would make another one. But here we are, you know, 30 plus years later, and we finally got it. This movie was supposed to come out the summer of 2020. We all know why it didn't. It's just been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I'm glad that it was because this was a movie that you had to experience in the theater. From the moment that the original score started playing and it opened just like the original movie. It was almost to the point that I thought we were watching the original movie. And the moment that you hear Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone hit, I was hooked. And this was a really fun summer blockbuster. A lot of people will say it's not necessarily a great movie, but it was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. It was fun being back in that universe, seeing you know Tom Cruise as Maverick, seeing Val Kilmer as Iceman was really cool. Um, it's just such a, a fun theater experience. So Top Gun Maverick is my number three. My number two is Clerks 3, of course, written and directed by Kevin Smith. This was my most anticipated movie of the year. Kevin Smith is the reason why I'm podcasting. Kevin Smith is the reason why I'm a filmmaker. Clerks is one of my favorite movies of all time. So when the third one was announced that it was actually going to happen and all the characters that we knew and loved from the original were coming back, that easily made it my most anticipated movie of the year. And it did not disappoint. It was not what I expected at all. It still includes that humor that Kevin Smith is known for. But it tells a very serious story that really, if you're somebody who's my age or older, it really makes you think of where you are in life and some of the decisions you've made and really makes you look back on what has come before and what could happen in the future. And I was not expecting that at all from this movie. 
but I absolutely loved it. And I remember just getting home that night from the theater and just sitting on my couch and thinking, wow, what have I done? You know, it really made me question a lot of things. It made me appreciate things even more. It's just such a great thought provoking movie. And I will say, even if you're not a huge fan of Kevin Smith, give this one a shot because this tells a really phenomenal story. But speaking of phenomenal stories, you knew this had to be my number one. And when the year started, I wasn't quite sure this movie was going to come out this year. I thought it might be pushed to 2023. So I didn't include it on my most anticipated list. But Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, the sequel to, of course, Knives Out, which is a movie that I have adored since I watched it in theaters back in 2019. I've been waiting since then for the sequel to come out because I'm a huge fan of the murder mystery genre and I've become an even bigger fan as I've gotten older and have become a filmmaker because I love the process of trying to add in all the layers to a murder mystery story, which is a script that I'm working on currently. I loved the Benoit Blanc detective character played by Daniel Craig. I loved his interaction with the Thromby family. It just, I love the idea of the ensemble cast of a murder mystery because it's all important that they play off each other so well in order for you to figure out, okay, well, did this person do it? Did that person do it? Why would they want to do it? No, I don't think they did it. But then it turns out that's not the case at all. So I watched Glass Onion the morning that it came out and I was hooked from the very beginning. I think I like the characters in Knives Out a little more and I'm trying not to spoil the movie because it still has literally just came out and I don't want to give away any twists or any details. But I think I like the characters in Knives Out more, but the story for Glass Onion is just so much better and that it flows like more of a traditional murder mystery story, which I think helps it a little bit. But the reasonings and the motivations all felt extremely real. And I think Ryan Johnson did a phenomenal job of putting in little clues that you have to you know, remember and pay attention and just watch everything unfold and figure out, were you right or were you wrong? And I can't wait to go back and watch it again because knowing what I know now, I wonder if I'll pick up on other things that may have happened that I just overlooked. So that is my top five movies of 2022. There's still several that I didn't get to see. Um, I didn't get to see Nope, unfortunately. I do plan on watching that within the next week or so. I haven't had a chance to watch everything, everywhere, all at once, which you're about to hear numerous times. But that happens every year. You know, I, I always miss a few. There's some that disappoint. There are some that surpass expectations. So let's move on to everyone else's list. And let's see, we had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 lists. This is one of the the biggest ones as far as uh, participation goes. So thank you all for that. First up, we have Samantha Diamond, a.k.a. My Wonderful Wife. Number five, Sonic 2. Number four, Halloween Ends. That's another one that a lot of people really did not like that movie because of 
the different choices that were made that weren't exactly uh, traditional to uh, the Halloween franchise, but I still personally enjoyed the movie. Number three, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Number two, Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore, which that movie didn't make as much money as they had hoped, so I don't foresee us getting another installment of that franchise, but I did really like that movie. And number one, Thor, Love and Thunder. Kay's Altrachki, former guest of the show, in no particular order. Dog, I'm not kidding, it was actually a really well-made film. X, it was a solid throwback slasher. Prey, also really well executed. 13 Lives, I think this is Ron Howard's best film to date. And finally, White Noise. Some hated it, but I really loved it. I haven't had a chance to see that one yet. Christian Jones, number five, Jackass Forever. Nostalgia-driven, but oddly heartwarming. I haven't seen that yet. I really need to. Number four, Nope, just kicks so much ass. Number three, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I love Doctor Strange. I love Sam Raimi. I love this movie. Number two, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Every ounce of praise this movie gets is deserved. And number one, Top Gun Maverick. It's perfection, best movie-going experience in years. Glass Onion will probably knock one of these out, but I just haven't seen it yet. Elvis gets an honorable mention. It's bad, but Austin Butler is simply unreal in it. I think the biggest knock I have for the Elvis movie is that I don't ever want to root against Tom Hanks. He's America's dad. And the fact that he was playing the villain of that movie, it just it didn't feel right. Chad Sanders, in no particular order. Fablemans, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Nope. I'm probably going to butcher this name, but The Banshees of Venetian and The Batman. Clint Morris, who actually is an MVP of this show, he actually runs the uh, October Coast uh, PR agency who has helped me uh, have countless guests on this show throughout the years and hopefully will in the future. Number five, The Pale Blue Eye. Number four, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Three, The Banshees of Anishirin. Two, Bones and All. And number one, Top Gun Maverick. Steve Wise. Number five, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Number four, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Number three, Avatar The Way of Water, which I have not seen yet. Number two, The Batman. And number one, The Fablemans. Wally Phelps. Number five, The Batman. Number four, Avatar The Way of Water. Three, Pearl, which again, I have not seen that one either. Uh, Number two, Nope. And number one, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. See, I told you that that movie was going to make quite a few appearances and... There's more. Um, yeah, I'm, I really plan to watch that. I, I really want to get through several movies over the next week or so before uh, 2022 ends. Jonathan McIntosh, number five, Jaws in 3D, which I heard was great. I didn't get a chance to go to the theater to see that, but I heard nothing but good things about it. Number four, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Number three, Nope. Two, Top Gun Maverick. And number one, The Fablemans. Thomas Carter Rochester, his honorable mentions are Thor, Love and Thunder, and Top Gun Maverick. Number five, Prey. Four, Hustle, which I have not seen. Three, Wakanda Forever. Two, The Batman. And number one, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. 
which he was telling me, uh, I had the cast and crew of the feature over a couple of weeks ago uh, for a Christmas party, and he was raving so much about that movie. Carlos Longoria, honorable mentions, Beavis and Butthead do the universe, which I have not seen yet, Spirited, Sonic 2, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Number five, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Four is Prey. Three, Wakanda Forever. Two, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And number one is The Batman. Wade Vatican. Number five, Falling for Christmas. Four, Enola Holmes 2, which I heard good things about that movie as well. Three, Thor Love and Thunder. Two, Avatar The Way of Water. Not as good as the first, but still very good. And number one, Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise can still make awesome films. His honorable mentions slash films he wanted to see but didn't. The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Jason Robbins, number five, Sonic 2. Four, Prey. Three, Nope. Two, Malignant, which I have not seen that either. And number one, Clerks 3. And last but not least, Jeremy Branch. Number five, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Four, Avatar 2. Three, The Watcher. Two, The Batman. And number one, The Menu. That movie actually looked really good. I have not seen that yet either. Uh, But yeah, it, it looked really good. So there are your lists for the top five movies of 2022. As I mentioned, you know, a lot of variety in this list. I know everything, everywhere, all at once was on a lot of lists. So it was the Batman, Top Gun Maverick. I did want to mention, I didn't include Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in mine. I did like the movie. It just wasn't what I expected it to be. I liked the feel of it. I thought it was a good movie, but not a great movie. I I guess I was expecting more multiverse jumping, but the appearances we got from, say, like Patrick Stewart and uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards were still really cool moments. And it's one of the better pieces of Phase 4. It just wasn't, I guess it didn't live up to my expectations, but I still like the movie. But we'll have uh, a lot of good movies to come out in 2023. At the end of the year, I'll probably do a... Um, top five movies of 2023. Maybe I'll do that to kick off the year of 2024, but we got plenty of time to figure that out. So that's going to do it for this week's show. It's great to be back. As I mentioned, you know, the show will be running weekly between now and early May. Be sure to come back next week where we begin our three-part series of a behind-the-scenes look of my latest short film, The Feature, with interviews from the cast and crew. Uh, Jeremy Branch will be taking over host duties so I can sit in as a guest. And that will actually lead up to the premiere of the feature, which will be uh, here in Pensacola, Florida, January 21st at Blue Wahoo Stadium inside the home clubhouse. So for those of you who don't like cold weather, don't worry, it will be indoors. Uh, Tickets haven't gone on sale quite yet. Uh, Stay tuned to social media for all of that information. You can follow the movie at The Feature Movie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tickets will hopefully go on sale in early January, in addition to the trailer being released. And don't forget, if you want to follow the show on social media, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, 
Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. And if you want to follow my film work, you can find me at Film on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's going to do it for this week's show. It's great to be back. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Have a happy new year. And we'll see you guys back here next Monday for another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. Podcast.